did you just want to start? Yeah. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sulp Niar Pool. I'm Diana. I'm Andrew. And we are a podcast for the in-depth and semi-serious discussion of the young adult sci-fi book series, Animorphs. In case this is your first time reading the Animorphs, we divide our show into a spoiler-free and spoiler-intensive section. Shall we get started? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Animorphs book number three, The Encounter. It's written by... K.A. Applegate. Sorry, right. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, narrated by Tobias, and the front cover features him morphing either into a hawk or into a human, depending on your point of view. Pretty good, right? <laughs> Andrew's got the, the hardcover of the book here, and the cover actually has, I guess, paper cutouts of each of the morph phases kind of superimposed on it, so you can see how they come off of the... Oh, no, that's not what that is. I thought this was like a cutout like yeah. on top of that. Oh, just kidding. It's like an outside cover and an inside cover. That's cool. So the outside cover has a cutout. Yes. My bad. That shows Tobias uh, as a hawk. Yeah. Oh, we should um, we should talk about which song is the most popular at the moment. Wasn't the first one only released in June? Yeah. So she already... She was churning these out. She had some fast turnaround. Yeah. So this is just the number one song. But in August, it was the Macarena. The Macarena was just holding its own. We can't escape the Macarena. That's true. <laughs> anyway. So... I think we've said enough about the Macarena before in previous episodes. So the year is 1996. We're still listening to the Macarena. And we finally got our hands on the encounter by K.A. Applegate. Take it away. All right. So one thing I noticed is that in the hard copy, before the book even starts... K. Applegate thanks the Raptor Center at the University of Minnesota. So I think that's where she learned about all the raptors. And uh, if we have questions about her raptor knowledge, we know who to ask. Did you see this? The author wishes to thank the Raptor Center at the University of Minnesota. Anyone interested in learning more about the Raptor Center and birds of prey in general can contact the Raptor Center website, www.raptor.cvm.umn.edu. This was in 1996. How many places had websites? (laughs) Definitely the Raptor Center. I mean, obviously. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe we can hold her to a high standard, I guess. Because we know she possibly did research. I guess that... Well, yeah. Haven't we read before that she did a lot of, like, encyclopedia reading? She went to libraries to do animal research? Or the internet. I guess, yeah. UNM.edu. That's cool. So we open on Tobias. He gives us the classic, uh, my name is Tobias, which is helpful for orienting us as readers. And equally important, he tells us what thermals are. They're upswelling hot air that is like a sky elevator, I guess. We'll see a lot of thermals throughout the series, but it's really nice to just continue to, to refresh our memory. Yeah, it's one of the one of the most important pieces of exposition, kind of like, oh, these are the yurks, these are thermals. <laughs> right. My name's Tobias. So anyway, he's flying around being angsty, I think. And then he sees Dealing Dan, who's shooting a live commercial using uh, a red-tailed hawk as a mascot, I guess. Yep, yep. So we're kind of seeing K.A. Applegate's view on animal rights in this scene because it's clearly not okay for this hawk to be used in the commercial at all. It's a female hawk. She would probably be much better off just roaming the skies free. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about this one thing. How do you pronounce tsir? T-S-E-E-R. It's like the most frequently used onomatopoeia for red-tailed hawks. My notes just say, have Diana do tsir. Well, <laughs> Not to put mind, you on the spot. In my mind, when but... I read those lines, it's pronounced <laughs> It's not really like... <laughs> Seer, you know, it's yeah, more like okay, a shrieking, just, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. So, uh, I wonder if the University of Minnesota helped her with that. Oh, they like, pro- I'm sure they did. What sound do red-tailed hawks make? They go like, 
Exactly. And they're like, how do you spell that? Was that the T S? Well, they probably have like a dictionary of bird terms. So T S E E R is very distinctive for a certain for certain species. Red-tailed hawk in the Northern California woodlands, where in the Southern mm-hmm. California woodlands, it's maybe with just an S E R. No, wait, we can't say that. We're not. We don't oh, have any sorry, spoilers. Sorry, yet. sorry. So Tobias breaks out price cut Polly, who is the red-tailed hawk mascot of Dealing Dan. Then is saved by Rachel, who is late because she missed the first bus. And then Rachel just goes elephant and stomps everybody um, to rescue him. I think there's some kind of comparison between Rachel and the hawk in this scene, where like mm-hmm. Rachel is being all badass and great, and the hawk is like being captured. But then there's also... I don't know. I mean, I think Tobias feels a certain connection to Rachel and also feels a certain connection to the hawk. And yeah. so, so this is we're seeing them side by side and kind of watching Tobias watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very angsty. I like it. And as the lady hawk flies away, Tobias says he feels like he should go with her, which I think is just kind of like a nice vague way of saying that he's, he's totally into her as a hawk. Tobias the hawk is totally into the yeah. unnamed lady hawk. Anyway, so that's exciting. They free the hawk. Through the course of this, we get the traditional exposition. You learn about Yerkes, you learn about controllers. Um, Tobias kind of catches you up in the first few chapters. So, uh... They basically fly back and meet at Rachel's house. So Tobias is flying around, and he always has these scenes where he's flying around, kind of angstily monologuing to himself, and mixed in with this monologue is some exposition. During this time when he's flying around, he feels a huge invisible ship above him, which he describes as like a hole in the sky. And then we're back at Rachel's house with the rest of the Animorphs. And after Tobias kind of informs them about the huge invisible ship, they're having a meeting at the barn. And this is the classic Animorphs are meeting at the barn and they're all embodying (laughs) their characters. You know what I'm saying? They're all being themselves. Well... (laughs) It's the interplay of the characters yeah, and the, yeah. the team dynamics that I like. Mm-hmm. Right. So Tobias tells them about the thing that he felt. Yeah. Right. And they're up for anything. So the team discusses this kind of situation and decides to go check it out tomorrow after school. Right? Uh, yes. So the issue is that if they all flew together, it might raise some suspicion because it, they would be a hawk, an eagle... Basically various birds. What? I forget. Do they take it to a vote or something? How do they actually decide? Um, I'm not sure. But anyway, in the end, they go wolf to go check out the invisible skyship. Right. They decide not to fly because the controllers might see. They go wolf. Marco morphs a female wolf, which like, I don't really think about the gender roles stuff because it's usually not an issue. But then... They, like, talk about it here. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he's morphing a female one That's because, like, they can't have more than one male because then they'll fight. Um, yeah, Jake is the alpha wolf. So obviously Jake is alpha, right. But I feel like we don't really think about the animal's gender, gender when they're morphing them. No, in general, we don't. I think often... There are a couple scenes where it is relevant, but... Yeah, I think often they morph either the same gender or it just doesn't come up. Yeah. You know? So it, it was just weird. But anyway, so they so they're all wolves. It's great. They're going to like run up the mountain. And Jake is marking his territory as they go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like she must have had so much fun like researching the animals and like, I don't know. It's a kid's book. It's great. It's great. <laughs> or just making it up. She didn't uh, thank the wolf center in this book. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like the marking territory thing is real. A lot of animals do that. Yeah, yeah. They're all, like, stopping every couple minutes. He's like, sorry. <laughs> I just have to do this. And meanwhile, Emo Tobias is having these thoughts about their morphing wolves just reminds me that I'm trapped as a hawk. Yeah, he, he's, he's so He's constantly angsty. having those moments. I know. Um, but Basically every page, he's yeah. like, and then I looked out, out the window and I remembered that I can only ever be a hawk still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just still my life. I mean, Applegate knows what the tweens want, you know? Yeah, well, and, I mean, from a practical standpoint, him not being able to morph does, like, leave him out of a lot of the operations. Yeah. Even though he is valuable for, like, seeing things, but that's all that he can do, you know? Mm -hmm. He's just so much less versatile. So then he flies really high to get a look around. 
So he, he has to like really work to get up there. And he says, it's hard feeling sorry for yourself when you're working out big time. And I was like, life lessons, big Tobias. Time. Well, no, it's true. Like if you're feeling bad, just like go work out big time. Mm-hmm. And then endorphins, you know? Does it work for hawks? I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Can I hawks imagine... like build muscle? Like if there was a hawk that just was really into not using thermals when it get really swole? Well, there's no reason that they like wouldn't be able to build muscle other than like not eating enough protein, but they're carnivores, so. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's getting his meals at this point from Jake uh, in a Tupperware. True, true, right. So I guess we'll talk about the meals kind of in throughout this book, but. Um... Okay, so he's flying off really high and he spots park rangers with automatic weapons and some hork and they're clearly controllers heading to scope out the spot where the invisible ship is going to land. So, so then doesn't he kind of see that? He's like, oh my gosh. He goes back to tell the other Animorphs, and then... Then he lands in the middle of another wolf pack. Which, like, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> but then, then he escapes. He finds the others. And then they have less than an hour in Morph, because Tobias managed to glance at some controller's watch. And oh, so convenient. Yeah. So, but they decide to go for it, in Rachel's words, and go check out the ship. They find that the ship has taken off its cloaking device and is super huge and shaped like a manta ray. And they discover that it's like a tanker for the Yerks and it sucks water from the lake and also air. Is that, do they, they see it? Yeah, they suck, they, suck air up, yes, I think, right? Yes. Which is crazy. That'd be so heavy. So then in that same scene, Tobias also sees, guess what? It's the Ladyhawk. She's back. And she's, I think, just like chilling on a tree. And Tobias, again, feels something. The call of nature. Yeah. The call of destiny. The call of the wild. It's kind of interesting because like he's a human, but he's a hawk. So I don't know exactly what his feelings are, but he wants to go. He has an urge to go be with the female hawk. Actually, my notes tell me that we should have you do a dramatic reading of this moment. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, this is all so good. Maybe... From she... Um, from she saw, saw me. Or she saw me. She saw me. She saw me. I was sure of that. Hawks don't miss much of what goes on around them. She knew I was coming toward her, and she waited. It wasn't like we were friends. Hawks don't know what friend means. And she certainly did not feel any gratitude toward me for saving her from captivity. Hawks don't have that sort of emotion either. In fact, in her mind, there may have been no connection between me and her freedom. Still, I soared up to her. I don't know why. I really don't. All we shared was the same outer body. We both had wings. We both had talons. We both had feathers. Suddenly, I was afraid. I was afraid of her. And it was insane, because there I was, floating above an alien spaceship so big it could have been turned into a mall. But it was the hawk that frightened me. Or maybe not the hawk herself, maybe it was the feeling I had rising up to meet her in the sky. The feeling of recognition. The feeling of going home. The feeling that I belonged with her. It hit me in a wave of disgust and horror. Yeah, and then Tobias basically freaks out. And, and just, I yeah. don't know. I really like that juxtaposition. He's describing the feeling of recognition, going home, belonging with her, and then it, like, it hit me with a wave of disgust and horror. I like that. Yeah. I that's cool I mean, when I was reading thing. this book, I don't know, I, I felt like, maybe I, I mean, I accept that I could just be wrong in this, but I felt a little bit like, is it really horrific? to like belong with a hawk you know what I, mean, I mean the man says because he and and we're gonna kind of see in this book there are times when he's like oh my goodness like eating meat <laughs> yeah i totally agreed with that he's like oh i killed and i was like you ain't meat all the time as a human like no, come on <laughs> you've been in fights already but, but but it is different i mean i'm sure if i were turned into a hawk i wouldn't be that happy about like having to kill surrendering rabbits. to my hawk ways yeah I'm sure there's a lot of identity stuff going on here, and it's probably relatable for a lot of teens who are struggling with their identity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the disgust and horror, I never really felt when reading these scenes, but it was very dramatic. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. 
Okay, so he's flying back, and he happens upon the rest of the Animorphs who have ran into the other wolf pack and are about to fight over the rabbit when Tobias just swoops up the rabbit and flies away. Well, because the issue is, I mean, it's implied that the the issue is that there's another male, right? Well, I think it was like... Or if, like this is if, another pack. Yeah. Because it's like if, if Marco had been male, this is like what probably would have happened is they would have had to... Yeah. Right? Anyway, so, so yeah, they're fighting over a rabbit. Tobias steals it, which is like pretty clutch, you know? I know. Like, good thing you have a hawk. It's being pretty badass. So then they make a break for it, and Tobias sees someone else's watch, I guess. No, no, the clock oh, oh my in a God, truck. No, it's, it's, yeah, the clock it's the in, time a truck in a truck. Yeah. That says it's seven minutes past two hours. Yeah, is... so they're like done, because their, their limit, for those of you just tuning in, is two hours to be in a morph. So the implication, and Tobias is somebody who was stuck in morph, because he was there for longer than two hours. So it sounds like they're just all going to be stuck in morph. They're just all going to be w- wolves forever. So he rightfully freaks out, kind of yells at them to morph back like immediately right now. So they're all freaking out there. I'm not even sure. Isn't there a line where they're like, how much time do we have? And he's like, no time. Like, just yes. do it. Just morph right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're morphing back. And this was an interesting part. They're kind of enlightening us about what's going on under the hood in morphing mm-hmm. because they say it feels like trying to climb out of a pool of molasses yeah so it seems like the closer you get to two hours or the more you're over two hours the just harder mm-hmm. and more difficult it is to morph yeah. back yeah and and we get to see cassie being awesome yeah yeah so cassie so cassie's the best at morphing there's no she's like mystically in tune with animals Right. There's no direct explanation for this, but Cassie really likes animals. Um, She spends a lot of time with animals. So our best guess at this point in the series is she's just like really connected with animals. And so she, I guess, is good at it. So the others are like fine at morphing, but not as good as her. And in particular, it kind of seems like Marco sometimes has more trouble. Yes, exactly. So I have huge theories about that. Well, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section, but... uh, so, so everybody's morphing back, but Marco's kind of having a particularly tough time. So Cassie is like coaching Marco on morphing, and you might have some of the fresher details on this. So yeah, she's basically laying hands on them and coaching them all back to back to human. There's a brief moment where I think it's Marco thinks he's going to be trapped as not just a wolf, but like a half human, yeah, half yeah, wolf. Yeah. And then their morphing is all going weird. Yeah. But eventually they do get to be human again. And then they're like, wow, it's so great being human. Like, oh my gosh, that was so scary. Wouldn't it really suck if we were trapped as an animal? That would be terrible. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? I was so scared. I just didn't even know what I would do. That would be the worst. (laughs) And then so Tobias just feels really angsty about this and just flies away. Yeah, which is fair because like, yeah, that's that sucks. You know, that's like somebody. I don't know. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that, but just being in that situation, hearing people talking about how terrible their life would be if they had this thing that is your thing. Yeah, yeah. So he flies away. He basically like doesn't say anything to them and just leaves. Yeah, this is a really awesome and kind of deep part. I guess I w- we could briefly talk about what is the angst that Tobias is feeling, but it's basically him monologuing about being trapped as a hawk. Maybe you could read again. <laughs> so many so many good parts. Yeah. It's at the bottom of the page. Suddenly, I desperately... Suddenly, I desperately didn't want to be there. I felt an awful, gaping black hole open up all around me. I was sick. Sick with the feeling of being trapped. Trapped. Forever. I looked at my talons they would never be feet again. I looked at my wing. It would never be an arm. It would never again end in a hand. I would never touch. I would never touch anything, anyone, again. So I call that That's angst. That's is angst, yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. we call angst in the, it's a technical yeah. term. So then he catches a blessed breeze and soared up and away, my own silent, voiceless scream echoing in my head. Wow. Okay, Applegate, 
just just lay it on so so that's the, i feel yeah, like that's, tobias, that's him like tobias in this book is just so angsty and i guess we'll talk about this later but very yeah that's kind enough. of him that's kind of tobias's character is that he's just always in a bad way um for good reason it's not like he's being super whiny or anything but he's just yeah. his life is terrible yeah so we cut to him at home which is jake's attic he has like a cozy little drawer with a blanket and jake has left him human dinner uh i think meatballs and mashed potatoes and green beans so i was wondering like jake Come on, he just eats meat. I don't know. Well, I don't know if they... Did Jake not go to the Raptor Center? Or... <laughs> well, Like, right. Cassie would have told him, right? That hawks don't eat green beans? Well, so I think it's a combination of... Jake didn't really do his research necessarily, but also he is sneaking food from his whatever his family has for dinner. Mm-hmm. So I think he might not be able to get meat. He's, what, like 12? Yeah. So it's, it's not like he is completely competent... But it's a combination of things, because if he kind of understood that Tobias really just needs to eat meat, then he might have been able to, like, go to a convenience store and buy beef jerky, or, like, go to a supermarket and get some raw whatever. So I do agree that this is kind of, it's not helping Tobias. Yeah, I think it plays into the, like, I'm misunderstood, you know? Yeah, because, like, how hard would it be for Jake to just give him a meatball? So anyway. Then Tobias just flies off again. He's doing a lot of that, this book. And he says, (laughs) I knew in my heart where I was going. Spoilers. It is Rachel's house. (laughs) We all knew where he was going. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's only book three, but I already ship it. (laughs) Okay, so then he flies to Rachel's house. He sees himself in a mirror. That's kind of like a cool moment. I actually love this scene. Yeah? Oh, and this is the scene where... Oh, this is an amazing scene. He tells Rachel that he's forgotten what he looks like. And then Rachel... I know. ...is like, here. She So Rachel doesn't even say anything at first. She goes to her desk drawer. She just takes out this picture she has. And she's like, here you go. And Tobias looks at the picture and he's like, it's a kid with blonde hair and glasses. Oh, wait, that's that's what I look like. Which, to you as a reader, is like, hold on a sec, Rachel. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Why it's do you the 90s. You didn't just, like, pull up Facebook on your phone. <laughs> you had a picture of Tobias in your desk drawer. Like, how do you... Someone has to take a picture, get it developed, then you have to take that picture from, you know, from the roll, right. and then sneak it into your drawer. Right, and it's not like they hang out at parties where people will be taking pictures of them. Rachel and Tobias, prior to the series, never hung out. Rachel hung out with Cassie, Jake, like, one time... <laughs> Save Tobias, Tobias from, what was it? From a swirly. A swirly, yes. So um, <laughs> so it's not like Rachel and Tobias are connected at all. Rachel's this popular girl. Tobias is like super quiet, doesn't really talk to anybody. There's no way they were hanging out. So I do not know how she got this picture, but she kept it in her desk drawer. And I think, I think there's some mention of it being in her locker at some point or something like that. I know Cassie has a photo of Jake in her locker. Oh yeah, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah. So that's why the scene was crazy for me is because Rachel's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this Don't scene. worry. Don't worry, Tobias. Anyway, so then he flies off again. And then as they're in school, he's kind of just hanging out, stalking them. So then, so in this book, ongoing, Rachel's been talking about this gymnastics show. Yes. That she has coming up. It's at the mall. This is the same mall that they all like meet up at. And... Rachel's been kind of nervous about it. She's been talking about it because I think they were talking about having a, like an Animorphs adventure on some day. And she's like, oh, I can't. I have gymnastics or whatever. I'm practicing for the show. So it's been, mm-hmm. it's been like an ongoing thing. Anyway, so, so, so that comes up. And we're going to come back to that. The group has a meeting. They decide that they want to try to get a bunch of people to see the Yerk ship. Yeah, by turning off its cloaking device. Yeah. Which is actually an idea that Marco had. Because um, Marco's the smartest one. Marcus, Marco, yeah, he's like smart and all tactical. Yeah. And yet he doesn't want to be an Animorph still. So in order to do that, they're going to go fish and get sucked up into the ship. And there's something about like Tobias needing to get more information. Yeah, he goes to check out the lake. Then he's hungry and he gets distracted and kills a rat. Ah! 
I know. This is this is the the catalyst for the scene that we're going to talk about. Right. Again, like when um when Jake in the first or second book, he like ate a spider. A spider. Yeah. And there was this graphic description of the spider like Oof. wriggling inside his mouth and throat. I don't know. When I'm reading Tobias as a hawk, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, rat meat <laughs> dripped from my beak. Uh, my talons were red with blood. Uh, I had killing talons, bloody talons. After he's killed the rat, he says, I fell in the dirt. No, I cried voicelessly, but I could still see the dead rat, and I could taste it. And no matter how many times I said no, it would always be yes. (sighs) So then he flies off in kind of his most angstiest fly-off scene yet. Going to Rachel's gymnastic exhibition. Yeah, I mean, so, again, about the eating rat thing. You can read it both ways, because on the one hand, it's like, okay, he's a hawk, he's eating a rat, not a big deal, people eat meat. I don't know, I can get behind that. On the other hand, I guess it has to do with the rat just kind of, it's what the rat represents, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, I guess I can be okay with it. Anyway, so... Tobias is freaking out. He's flying somewhere. He goes, he ends up going to the mall, but I don't think it's on purpose. You know, when you're like really upset and you're, you're like, oh, I just want to run. I just want to run away or like mm-hmm. I want to. So he's doing that, trying to escape these horrible feelings. He ends up in the mall, I think because somebody had been like opening the door inside and he just like shot in. And yeah. There's this really extreme scene where He's talking about going into the mall. So he's not in the mall yet. He's like shooting down towards the glass door. And then someone opens it right before he hits it. Right, right. The way I had remembered this previously was that Tobias was like freaking out and not thinking clearly and was going to slam into the glass by accident. But no, he says... I'm not going to stop or slow down. I'm going to end this right now. I would hit the glass at full speed and maybe that would awaken me from this nightmare. So he's just trying to commit suicide. He's trying to end this. I don't think he's trying to commit suicide. He said that would. Can I see it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the end this right now. He wants to end. Oh, yeah. He wants to end this, this thing that he's experiencing. But he said maybe that would awaken me from this nightmare. So I think I think that sounds like somebody who... It's not about, like, I want to die. It's mm-hmm. like, I want this to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if I hit the glass, maybe, that, maybe this will stop. Okay. I think it's ambiguous whether he's, like, specifically trying to die, you know? Or, like, if he's thinking with that much of a directive. Because mm-hmm. I think... I mean, and I think you can definitely... Read it. A, you can definitely commit suicide with without having that kind of a specific motive and just being like, I just want this to end, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna end like, this. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. just gonna do something like do this thing and like you're not really thinking mm-hmm. about it. But that was how that was how I read that. Um I mean, to me, wanting to end this is very much a part of the vocabulary of, you know, like suicide ide- suicidal ideation. Well, it definitely is, but it's which I re- but which is you know interesting. I think. Oh no, I definitely agree. I I was just kind of making a distinction between like active and passive. Ooh, you know, bringing that knowledge. Well, because it's like a difference between saying like, and and there are a lot of people who will say, I really want this to end, or I want to go to sleep and not wake up, or I want to get away from everything that's in my life right now, mm-hmm. or I want to get away from my life right now. Who will then not say? I want to kill myself. You know yeah. what I mean? So That's anyway. really interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, he is definitely trying to injure himself or like do something. Right. Yeah. Like, so it, I this just is think a it's a failure unfair. to safety plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that might have been in poor taste. Hopefully we won't alienate our, our dozens of. No. Well, things. we, I mean, we can keep talking about this because then, I mean, we can keep talking about this in the next events that happen in the scene. But yes, anyway, please. so so Tobias is definitely in a dark place regardless, and he's definitely thinking mm-hmm. about trying to end this. So he basically accidentally gets into the mall. He flies by all the stores, and he ends up in the middle of the mall. Mm-hmm. And what should be happening in the middle of the mall but Rachel's gymnastics exhibition. Mm-hmm. So there are these people like doing various gymnastics things. There's a crowd of people watching. I'm imagining kind of a mall atrium 
Yeah, that's what I was picturing. Yeah, like the same place where the Christmas tree would be if it were that time of year. Yeah. You know? Those, like, random benches. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, like, maybe two floors and, like, people... Well, there are two floors. Well, right, yeah, so there are two floors. Um, He catches a glimpse of Rachel as he's, like, rocketing around, so she's there. And then with Rachel screaming after him, Tobias flies first towards a wall, but then it ends up flying towards a skylight. Yeah, so he bounces off the ceiling and then... Yeah, and then... So, yeah, so he bounces off the ceiling. Rachel catches him, gives him, like, a little heave into the air, and then he makes a break for the skylight. Right, exactly. And and this is kind of... His hawk instincts are taking over. His The hawk sees the sky as, like, I gotta get up there, away from all these people and these, mm-hmm. like, this indoor place. And the hawk doesn't know the skylight is made of glass. Right, Meanwhile, Tobias, the human, knows that there's a glass there. Yeah. So is Tobias letting this happen because he wants to hit the glass? Or mm-hmm. is he just unable to fight it because the hawk is taking it anyway? So it's kind of unclear. You know, it's possible that Tobias is letting it happen because he's like, I just don't. I just want to end this. Mm-hmm. So he is about to hit the glass and possibly die or be seriously injured. Um, but then a baseball hits the the skylight and shatters it so that he gets through yeah Tobias looks down and it turns out marco through the baseball through the baseball yeah that's probably one of my favorite scenes in like the animorphs total you know because mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's just so perfect you know marco like had to be there and he's yeah. like showing in his own way that he will defend tobias's safety yeah it's and, tough and he's there creeping on rachel <laughs> well marco is so from funny. the second floor marco's so funny because he 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 acts all like weird and he acts like he's creeping on rachel but he's like a really good friend to a bunch of people in the animal so anyway and part of like what makes this scene painful for me is that rachel and marco are bo- like both help him in the scene yeah. right and they and they both either explicitly or just like in their actions are showing him they're still his friends like they still like him and they are gonna do whatever he needs them to do in whatever situation but he's not focusing on that he's not focusing on the fact that like they're there for him and he has people that cares that care about him he's focusing on his internal identity struggle um and like that's overpowering for him if he we're kind of seeing things differently. I feel like he might have been better equipped to handle this whole crisis, but like he's not. So it's just all about the fact that he ate a, a mouse rat. rat and he like feels the hawk inside him and that's really scary and he's not really paying attention to the people that are there for him. Mm-hmm. So after this, he just goes and lives as a hawk. Yeah, how and... long is he? It's like a while, right? Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't tell I mean... them that he's going to go live in hawk mode just hangs out in his meadow and you know eats animals as food so okay so question i feel like this book is like a very strong allegory for like mental illness and stuff but do you feel that way i think (sighs) yeah well i think that's a very you know i think that's a reading that has a lot of evidence for it Um, that's an opinion well, no, I mean, that's an opinion that isn't well-grounded in the text. <laughs> but, you know, I think people do read this as uh, mental illness or, like, a question of queer identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it Any of that. But also, all these things tap into, like, general youthful angst, I guess. Well, because like, I think those kinds of identity problems... people without mental illness and or struggling with identity problems, like, feel this kind of, like... Well, I think this is an identity problem. So I think it's relatable for any kind of identity problem, whether that's... Which is literally everyone who is a a teenager. Right, right. I was just thinking that, like, the the reference to mental illness was, like, very strong for me Mm -hmm. because, like, well, there's, like, the clear connection to suicide Mm -hmm. or, like, those kinds of thoughts. And then there's he just is unable to come out from this like hawk life like he's just mm-hmm. completely shutting himself off and doing that for a while because that's just mm-hmm. all he can do which is not to say that like i think ka applegate was like i want to do the hawk version of depression but 
No, she just knows that kids are depressed. Well, that too. But also, like, I think I think it's, like, a natural way to react to the situation. So I don't think she was necessarily yes. being like, oh, you know what will really get him if I, like, have yeah. him. Well, actually, I listened to an interview with, I think, her husband, Michael Grant, mm-hmm. on, I think was ThoughtSpeak. Yeah, I think so. Yes. And one of the reasons that Tobias has fewer books in the series um, is because... People at Scholastic were worried that kids would not identify with him. Oh my god! Because he was a hawk. They're like, <laughs> kids aren't hawks. How will they identify with this guy? <laughs> kids are obviously. Oh, is that why Axe didn't have as many too? Yeah, yeah. A character we haven't met also has. Uh... Oh shoot! Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we can let them know that the cycle goes, uh, that the cycle has a period of five books. And it goes. Well, we Jake. haven't even learned that there's a cycle yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We can talk about that at the end. But yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like. Yeah, because I identified insanely strongly with Tobias. I would like yeah. read these. I'm like, this is speaking to my soul. You know, yeah. I am a hawk. I feel like I identified the least with like Jake and Rachel just because they're so normal. Yeah. You know. Well, maybe that just we're maybe just maybe we're, we're weird. misfits. Yeah. And we are. Like <laughs> recording a podcast about uh, 1996 <laughs> right, kids. Next, next. <laughs> um. So what happened next? Okay, so then he ends up back at Rachel's house. I think he he saw Hork Bajir and that that snapped him out of it because it reminded him of the Yerks. Um, oh, yeah. Wait, did anything happen with that? Or he just saw somebody? No, he uh, he was chasing a human. The Hork Bajir was chasing a human. Mm-hmm. Tobias led the human away. Oh, yeah, he, like, thought spoke. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Great. Um, Good job, Tobias. Yeah. And then, so, he shows up at Rachel's house. Rachel's like, is that you, Tobias? And he's like, more or less. I know, I love that. Um, So, yeah, then they have an interesting, uh, there's an interesting conversation with Rachel. I don't know if you want to get into this now. About the predator-prey dynamic and how it applies to humans versus yurks. Well, yeah, because because he was saying, because Tobias is like, I'm no better than whatever, the Yerks, I guess. Yeah, like, it's of, just I'm their killing. predators wear prey. But then Rachel talks about the difference between killing to eat and killing for unnatural reasons, which is like, I think that's the best way to frame it, mm-hmm. and especially at the stage, but... I think that it kind of shows that right now we're just thinking of the Yerks as unnatural. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's all we can say about that for now. Okay. Um, And then Rachel is like, in this deep conversation, she strokes his crest. And I think it feels good. His crest is like his forehead, right? Yeah. That's where they're at. In their relationship. (laughs) Ooh, got to... Oh, okay. Is that first I I have it. I I don't know. Rachel came closer and stroked my crest with her hand. Oh, yeah, she did. It made the hawk in me uncomfortable, but at the same time, it was similar to preening, which is kind of pleasurable. I'll just leave it at that. What did it do to the human in you, Tobias? <laughs> it's not in these archives. All um, right. So, okay, so the next day, so Rachel kind of de-escalates Tobias. The next day they have a... They have the mission, which involves mm-hmm. catching a fish and then morphing the fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that. Of course, Cassie is the one who catches the fish. Yeah. And so this is this is a phenomenon that's, I think, common in the Animorphs. Is This is supposed to be the easy part of the mission, but actually they struggle for many hours to catch a fish. Which, again, relatable. Yeah, I know. I've, I've struggled to catch a fish, and my life didn't even depend on it. Or I guess my mission didn't even depend on it. I had a phase where I went fishing, like, a lot. Uh-huh. It was, like, one summer. I never caught anything. Once oh. I caught a crab, but the crab was not actually caught on the hook. It was just trying to get the thing off the hook. So then when I, like, reeled it in, it was swinging back and forth on the line and eventually just fell off back into the water. Oh, man. It was very sad. Yeah, good thing you were not on this mission. Well, Cassie would have been there, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Anyway, I was going to ask, do you feel like this is, uh, would you call this a trope? What? The oh, this the thing th- that ha- happens in Amor's books where the easy part of the mission gets all fouled up. I guess. I'm not a trope expert. Like, what is a trope, right? Well, a trope is anything that's on TV tropes, I guess. 
Well, is this on TV trips? Uh, I didn't look it up. <laughs> probably like Murphy's Mar- Law, you know? Yeah. Like, probably, that seems like a trope. Yeah. Okay, so after this trope, then Tobias is going air recon mode again. And he runs into the Lady Hawk, as he is wont to do. And he's kind of idly wondering if Hawks mate for a season or for life. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, which, do they mate for a season or for life? I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Oh, maybe you could go to the Raptor Center website, actually. Yeah, wait, what was, what was that website? Um, raptor.cvm.umn.edu That is a lot of letters. The site cannot be reached. Okay, well, that's too bad. So, do hawks mate for life? They're monogamous and may mate for life. They may mate for life? Yeah. Monogamous. They're monogamous. They may mate for life. Um, make nests. The female lays one to five eggs each year. And then, you know, they tend to their young, etc. So... So it looks like it's more common than not that they made for life based on this National Geographic website. Well, now we know. Now you know. Um, so, okay. so after he gets back from Air Recon, um, so the Tobias Yerks could arrive. Mate, mate with her for life. Yeah, he could. They could. Wow, they could have young every year. Yeah. What would happen to them? Would they have the power? Would they be human or? No, no, he's just a hawk. He's just a hawk now. He's not. Yeah. He's not like a morpher. I guess you anymore. don't impart your consciousness to your biological offspring. Yeah, right? he's so. just a hawk. The only thing that's special about him is his brain. I think right now, now yeah. that he's stuck. Yeah. Um, okay, so whew, after hawk mating interlude, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tobias uh, distracts a helicopter, which would have. Um, run in on the Animorphs, and then the tanker ship and the blade ship and Visser 3 arrive at the at the lake. Right, and Visser 3, as you may recall, is he's kind of the main villain that we've seen in each of the first two books. He ate Prince Elfengor in the first book. He just projects was just, evil. like really scary in the second book, <laughs> and now he's here. So you know that's bad. Anyway, to avoid getting caught by the Yerks, who are all outside this cave that the Animorphs have retreated into, they agree that the Animorphs will morph the fish, and Tobias will, like, carry them into the lake. Which is a pretty good piece of daring do. That's like, I don't know how long fish can go without being in water, but... It's close. It's clear that it's risky. So, who do they have go first? Obviously Cassie. Yes. She's (laughs) the best at being a fish. She's the best at most things related to morphing um so she morphs fish uh tobias drops her in the water but it's very it's scary i think she's like flopping around she's like i can't breathe yeah and she throughout the course of the morph she can breathe until she can't right so Mm -hmm. like so like halfway through the morph she can breathe so you watch her lose the ability to breathe and then she can still thought speak to Tobias, so you're getting a very clear, like, play-by-play of how terrible it is. But it works. They pull it off. Tobias carries Rachel, who's the last fish to go, into the lake. Um, and on the way, a controller spots him, and then Draken beams the tanker accidentally. Do you pronounce it Draken beam? Uh, I was gonna see what you do. Um, but <laughs> in my head, I think I say Draken. But I don't know. Dracon seems more proper. Yes. In my head, I say Draken. You just say Draken then. Draken beam. Have you ever heard anybody else pronounce it? I don't know. What does Michael Grant say? <sighs> I should have asked him. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Um. But all right. So so Draken beam. Go on. And then and then it it hits the tanker, creates like a tiny little pinprick hole in the in the tanker, and then. Visser 3 just executes the hork who did that. Yeah, Visser 3 is just like, yeah. like, done. No, yeah, you uh, <laughs> you mess up and then you die. Which is like a classic evil thing to do. I feel like that is a trope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. You know? If you didn't know how horrible Visser 3 was, now you have some sense. Mm-hmm. So then 
Tobias, I think, is spotted, and then he lands on the tanker because he realizes they can't shoot him. Otherwise, they'll poke a hole in the tanker and get executed by Visser 3. That's pretty good. Yes. That's pretty smart. Yeah, I, I was impressed by this. He's like 12. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah, so then then Visser 3 himself goes to talk to Tobias and is like telling Tobias all about how much he will be tortured. He's like, I can be nice and just kill you here quickly by Dragon Beam, or I can just capture you and then torture you slowly to death in the blade ship. Uh-huh. And Tobias is like, let's do neither. Let's. <laughs> it's going to be a no from me. But I don't know. Anyway, this is like really graphic stuff for, you know, for anyone, regardless of tween status, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a pretty like gripping action scene. Yeah. And this is like one of the more intense action scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always very intense when Visser 3 is head on speaking to them. Right. Well, so the other thing is that Visser 3 thinks that they're Andalites right now. Yes. So almost all the time, definitely most of the time, if not all of the time, they try to just not speak to him at all because you don't want to like give away that you're human by saying something human-y, you know? So, so yeah. So it's very scary for tactical reasons in addition to just the evil that Visser 3 gives off um, to have like a one-on-one conversation with him. Anyway, um, as that's going on, Tobias receives kind of a thought-speak message from the rest of the Animorphs who are trapped in the tanker ship. I like how they explain thought-speak like it's it's like email. I'm, I mean, that's a I really imagine, good I mean, I mean, it is like yeah. email, yeah. yeah. I just I just like... I mean, BCCU. Imagining... <laughs> yeah. Like just imagining your thought-speak inbox. You're like, wait, let me check and see if I got a new... <laughs> anyway, but it's much faster than that. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, they're trapped, and then then even more dark, they're like, okay, um, don't let him take us alive, by the way. We're just going to morph into animals and go down fighting. Well, isn't the implication also that, like, if it seems like, if it, if it seems like um, there would be an advantage to doing so, Tobias shouldn't, like, spare the ship that they're on for the sake of not doing damage? That was how I read it. It was like, if there's a way that you can sink this ship that we're on, just do it. Don't worry about, like, saving us. Mm-hmm. That was kind of how I read it. Yeah. No, you're right. They say, if there's anything you can do, anything. So I think that could be the... Yeah, so I, th- like, I think that, I think the, the thinking is, like, Visitor 3 totally has us, so if there's any damage we can do, we're not going to worry about, yeah. like, staying, staying alive, because we don't want to be controllers. Mm-hmm. Um. For one thing, if they became controllers, like even more would be lost too. Yeah. Um, so they do, they go human and also they lose their ability to thought speak, which is kind right. of like it has like a good dramatic effect. Right. Because now Tobias is basically all alone with Visser 3 bearing down on him. But then he decides to be awesome and he steals <laughs> He's like, do a what I want to do today? Do I feel like queuing up or do I feel like being awesome? Because uh, I'm going to go with awesome. Yeah. <laughs> today feels like an awesome day. So he steals a dragon beam from a taxon. Um, oh, 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 before that, oh, this is heartbreaking. So he's, oh, right. he's talking, he's thought speaking with Rachel. And Rachel is saying to Tobias, I guess Marco was right all along, Rachel said sadly. I guess it always was insane to think we could fight the Yerks. And Tobias thought speaks, Rachel, I never told you. And then she says, you didn't have to, Tobias. I knew. Goodbye. It's like really sweet. I personally didn't love that line. I loved it. Cause isn't it? I eat that stuff. Isn't up. it stolen from like Star Wars or something? Um, I mean, and every other. <laughs> well, she says, "I knew." I think yeah. "I know" is the <laughs> the line. So. Yeah, that's true. That's a whole letter different. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is. It's probably true. another trope, but one well utilized. Okay, so after that kind of heartbreaking goodbye, um, he steals a dragon beam from the Taxons and is just trying to take out the whole ship by himself. He flies to the, the little bridge and is just dragoning everything up. And then the ship just, my notes say the ship blows the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and the other animals fall out. 
And they're animals at this point. Uh, no, humans? they're human. Oh, okay. They're human. So um, and then, then you have another moment of like, oh, all my friends are going to die. But then they uh, morph. Back. Morph on the way down. Yes. And then, so everyone else escapes, but Tobias sees his Lady Hawk get dragon beams to death. Isn't that because they're... And they had been told, the the controllers had been told, like, kill any hawks, I think? Yeah, I think just kill all suspicious animals. Yeah. Right, right. After seeing Tobias, be like, chase awesome. some of them away. Well, be awesome, but even earlier, like, he chased them away when they were outside yeah. the cave. So they were like, we're just going to kill any animals. So then they kill the female hawk, and it's like, come on. Like, come on. I spent this whole time, like, yeah. I saved her. Well, we kind of knew that was going to happen, right? I mean, did we? I guess. I don't know. It... I feel like the first time I was reading this book, I was like, maybe maybe she's going to be a friend. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you can kind of talk about hawk stuff with. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's it's definitely sad, you know? But, um, so that's the end of the action scene. And then um, we get another kind of classic Animorphs denouement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how they have these after um Well, everything, the... yeah. You gotta have it. I remember noticing this in Harry Potter too. The most exciting chapter is always the second to last chapter. Yes. <laughs> but then I love reading the last chapter. Yeah, the last like, chapter is really like up. it's a cleansing. Yeah. Call it cleanser. And so this denouement, of course, is Tobias visiting Rachel in her house. And Rachel offers to find and bury the Lady Hawk, but then he briefly monologues and then says no and flies away. Yeah, they, I mean, they have a lot of angsty talks throughout this book, but it's not, it's not going to end here, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. Like the last two books, it's a live to fight another day ending. The last line is, be happy for me and for all who fly free. Anyway, do you have anything you want to talk about in the, in terms of the book before the book overall, before we break for commercial? And then go to the spoilers section. Yeah, and then head to the spoilers <laughs> section. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of it. I made some notes on things I wanted to talk about for the spoilers section, so stick around for that. Stay tuned. Um, Don't touch that dial. I guess, yeah, the the main things were um, we definitely see Tobias in this book. He kind of, you know, this is the first Tobias book. Yes. So we're, we're getting kind of a glimpse in his character, and we kind of knew that he had a bad life before this. Mm-hmm. So his life is just still bad. Um, the other thing was that the distinction between it's okay for Tobias to kill animals so that he can eat, but what the Yerks are doing is definitely different from that and like yeah. the way in which it's different, um, which I definitely want to talk more about after the break, but it's still, I don't know. I think there's, there's still this idea of like, the Yerks are just evil. Yeah. Like. It doesn't really matter where they came from or what it, or, or anything other than what they're doing to us, the humans. And and that's so clearly evil that we can see, we can easily see how it's different from... The predator-prey. How it's different from any other species on mm-hmm. Earth, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, anyway, that was all I had. Did you have any thoughts you wanted to close out this section with? Um, not really, I guess uh me my my general impression was that you know i really like this book like i really like all tobias books um because obviously i identify with tobias or identified with tobias in the past and he spends a lot of the book like many many pages are just him flying around uh being troubled so i think his being trapped in red as a red doll dog is like an excellent vehicle for delivering that sort of constantly tortured uh inner monologue to to us yeah that's true he does have a lot of that going on yeah um that's true uh now we'll do something that we did the two previous books as we'll randomly select a passage and we'll do a close reading of it and at first we'll talk about you know our close readings in the context of just this book and the series so far and then after we break for commercial we will talk about the passage in the context of the series as a whole 
Right. So in in the spoilers section, we'll talk about it. In the, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, so this can I, is. Can I pick the page and then you pick the passage? Yeah. The but uh, do it randomly. No, I know. You keeping your eyes closed. <laughs> Do you want to do from the top of the page until suddenly movement? <clears throat> Some people think hawks mate for just a season. Some people think they mate for life, and I don't really know which is true. One thing I knew for sure, I wasn't ready to settle down with anyone, especially not a hawk, and yet there was this feeling in me, like, like I belonged with her. I looked away. I would be glad when this mission was over and I no longer had to come here to her territory. She confused me. This is from page 114. And uh, so this is Tobias discussing or describing the Lady Hawk while he's looking at her in the... This is kind of towards the end of the book. So this is by the lake. This wasn't something I think we talked about in our early discussion, but he says, I wasn't ready to settle down with anyone. Especially... I know, I'm like, hello. <laughs> I don't know, it's just interesting to me that you would be having that thought at 12. Like, that's a very, the, the, the thought of I'm not ready to settle down is not a 12-year-old thought to me, you know? Yeah, he just... That's, that, I'm not ready to settle field. down it seems like you've been dating for a while, you know? You know, I just like... need some more time, you know? I'm a bachelor. <laughs> uh, uh... I'm, I'm Earth's most old. eligible um, half-hawk, half-human bachelor. Are they actually 12 in this book? Or 13? Something like that, right? I think something like that. Um, I, yeah, I think they're 13-ish. They're okay, so that's one like, thing sex that... Sex in the city, Tobias. <laughs> like, hey, I've got, I'm 13. I still have a lot of living to do. Yeah. I'm not ready to settle down with anyone. Yeah. So that's something that stands out to me, particularly in how Kay Applegate worded this passage. Um, I mean, he also says, I would be glad when this mission was over and I no longer had to come here to her territory. She confused me. So like the no longer having to come here to her territory is very much like a you know, like, I, I don't want to hang out with my ex's friends. I know, this know? whole, like, this whole section, the way he talks about her is so weird. Yeah. It's like talking about an ex. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's also like, why does it matter if Hawks mate for a season or for life, Tobias? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you trying to do with her? What are your intentions with this hawk? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says, she confused me, which is like, I don't know, that's... That's thrown off like this some kind of identity. Me. Well, I think that that that's pointing at some like identity, you know, questions. You could read that, I think, as a right. I mean, you I could think... do a queer reading if you wanted to. Go sure. ahead, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can see it building well, up. Well, well, well. No, I think that she. So what I was passage. gonna say. Well, we can we can queer this passage right up, but um, what I was gonna say was that. At first, I was going to say the term, the sentence she confused me seems weird to me because the hawk isn't actually what's confusing him. I think that he's referring to his conflict, his like identity crisis of like, why do I feel this desire to be with this hawk? Like, what about, isn't Rachel the one and only, like, etc. So I think that's where he's getting confused. I don't think she's doing anything other than being a hawk which mm -hmm. is why i kind of took issue with that sentence but but going back to the queer reading let's put on the rain rainbow goggles let me see that book <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> it is a lot like that yeah because he's talking about her a lot like how you talk about a crush that you don't want to admit is a crush yeah or like i had a crush on a guy when i was 12 and i was like no way. I don't have a crush on him. I just really enjoy yeah. being around him. That's fine. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I wonder if... <sighs> Sorry. I didn't really have, like, a... 
like a How do I explain this? Like a coming out? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I never felt the like, oh, well, I can't believe, you know, I like, I'm attracted to people who are the same gender as me. Oh my gosh, that's so confusing to me. You know, I was like, I think I uh, and the product of a late enough generation and liberal enough place well, that yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not confused. I can like hawks and human girls, you know? <laughs> so I was thinking about this earlier, actually, because you and I grew up in very different environments. Yeah. Both of which were, like, pretty liberal, but I would say in terms of queer things, your, like, childhood was much more, like, sexually liberated. <laughs> than mine shall we say i don't know if our readers or our listeners need to hear this but um that's okay we'll cut it out <laughs> yeah we'll totally cut it out we'll put it in the outtake section <laughs> but um no but i definitely had i like definitely had crises in oh, yeah? college were you did did someone ever confuse you uh yeah <laughs> plenty of times okay that's all that's all that's all well, i'm gonna say okay that, so i guess that's I'm glad you said that because that um, I don't know lends credence to that that particular reading of it. Yeah, this re- well, I think the um, yeah, but like I don't want to settle down with anyone, especially not a hawk, <laughs> quote unquote. A hawk? I would I never may marriage is between a, with a hawk. Human what do they do? They even made for a season or for life or like oh how do they so which of them is the human and which of them is the hog <laughs> that's what tobias is thinking right now he's like it's so weird that i'm feeling these feelings towards a hawk um i i know that i'm not even looking for anything like that especially not with a hawk but even in general mm-hmm. so then why do i like feel like i want to be around her i think i just want to avoid this whole feeling altogether I've definitely I don't want to go yeah, to her I territory. Identify at least a little bit with that <laughs> for some for some parts of my Maybe life. Maybe you should reach out to the Raptor Center if you're feeling confused. <laughs> Quick plug for the Raptor Center. Although I don't actually know. I mean, their website isn't up anymore. Oh yeah, that's kind of bad. So I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about this no, package? No, I think we kind of talked it. it to pieces. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're we are okay. All that set. was a little more silly than normal. That's okay. Um, so, before we say goodbye, um, you should know that next time we'll be reading Anne Wars number four, The Message. Uh, it's narrated by Cassie, and it's a don't miss book. Definitely, it's a definite must really, read. Yeah, it's a must read. Um, <laughs> so, goodbye for now. Oh, wait, not goodbye for now. Well, goodbye very shortly. But first, I just wanted to tell you all that in this episode, we talk about issues of. We kind of touched on things like mental illness, depression, suicide. Um, Tobias is obviously going through a lot in these books, and he's not the only one who can sometimes have a tough time. So if any of our listeners know anybody or are personally experiencing thoughts of suicide or just any kind of struggle or general difficulty and they need someone to talk to, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is open 24-7 and is reachable from anywhere in the U.S. and I think most international countries that support calling. Um, Their number is 1-800-273-8255. So that's 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. And I think they also support texting, calling. They have a website. They have online things. So anyway, that's just if you or a loved one is ever going through something and needs an ear to listen. An ear to bend? Something like that. Yeah. Um, or, Or just needs support. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, I think we're gonna break for commercial. Thank you so much for listening, all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, we'll be back. Yeah. So if if you don't want to be spoiled, leave now. Um, goodbye, and we'll talk to you next time. That concludes the spoiler-free section of our show. Thank you for listening, and join us next time as we read Animorphs number four, The Message. In our professional opinion, this is a must-read book. I guess we got that already. Yeah.